We are studying Parashat Behar. Now, what is Parashat Behar about? Anybody? Parashat Behar. See, we need, we need Giacomo's commentary. So, Parashat Behar is about the Shemitah and the Yovel. Okay, so let's go quickly through the Dinim of the Shemitah. Uh, for six years, you're allowed to do all the work of your field. And in the seventh year, there should be Shabbat to the land. Okay, that is the, the Shemitah. So what, what does that mean on the seventh year, there should be Shabbat for the land? You're not allowed to, to plant anything in your field. And you can't plant anything in your vineyard. And you can't cut and trim your, the trees of your vineyard. It's only for agriculture? Well, no. There's one more element. Uh, but it's not here, actually. Uh, also, there's another concept in the Shemitah called the Shemitah Kesafim, in which you also, any debts that are owed to you at that time, you have to forget about them. You have to let go of the thing. You can't chase after them anymore. That's Shemitah as well. Just see that, that's, no, no, that's Shemitah. The Shemitah has the concept of uh, Shemitah Kisafim, in which every seven years you don't. Uh, oh, Yovel is more with the. Uh, with the Yovel land, is land, the land. Yovel is, is for the land, right. Now, on the Yovel, which is every 50 years, you have another two dinim, which is that all the land must go back to the original owner. That, let's say I'm from the tribe of Yehuda and I own something in the Negev, because that's where Yehuda was. And then I fall into financial difficulty. So I have to sell my land to someone else. Now comes the Yovel, I get my land back. Mm-hmm. It comes back to me automatically. And then you have also the concept that a slave who falls into, into hard times and has to sell himself to pay off his debts, how long is he allowed to be a slave for? Up to the Yovel. He can do it for six years. In the seventh year, he must go free unless... In the six years, yeah, you, you say I want to stay because you have a no, wife. yeah, yeah, yeah. But then also, it appears you're here. if you want to stay, there's a way you could stay. Fine, but you could you, typically, according to the, the Parshad Mishpatim, you're only allowed to stay for six years. In the seventh year, you go free, yes. unless within those six years, the Yovel comes. Then the Yovel comes, it all over, the, overrides I everything. I think, yeah, I'm pretty sure it overrides, it overrides everything, so all the slaves must go free. Okay? Now my question was if you have a different profession than farmer, like the guy makes chairs. Or, or diamonds. Okay? The farmer cannot do business, but the other guy can do business. Yeah. So... This is only pretend, pretend it's to all the all reference in the Torah. It's all, it's all for the land. Business income you is go to agriculture. Yeah, so the real answer... Is that I mean the main answer is that in the Torah business income is agricultural because there are two professions in the Torah, being a shepherd or being a farmer. What about the shepherd? Also, I think it's because of the uh, holiness of the land. He's making a good point. Now, why would it now why would it not apply to shepherds? Because there's significance to the land. The land is a holy. The significance says, to the this land. This land is mine. Don't forget, it's mine. You can only do so much with this land. According to the Midwestern people, all of the economy today also stems from the farmers. If the farmers are doing well, the investment they put back into equipment and into land apparently is what reinvests those. The, the equipment sales leads to 
high level. Those are very, very expensive items. I don't, I don't, oh, I mean, I don't think, like, the economy is very complex. Uh, you, every, 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 the, every industry, the the every, we, we in the real estate industry, we also think we're the most important, but I, it's, every industry has their, you know, no, it's more like yeah, an orchestra. That's, that's obvious that it's the diamond guys. We bring, we bring shalom in the houses. Right, so see, the, the diamond, diamond guys, guys, guys bring, the diamond guys bring shalom in the house, so they're the most important. Let's, let's stick with the you know, and then the shepherds, they, they say they bring the, they bring the cotton. All of our clothes are cotton. So they're the most important. Okay, so now the reason I'm bringing up all of this is because Rabbi Sachs, we had this, we brought up Rabbi Sachs yesterday, and he has a very interesting thing, which he, the reason I'm bringing it up in his name is because I've already seen it in two of his books, and I want to explore, see who agrees and who disagrees with his, with his idea. But his idea is as follows. It's that, what's the purpose of the Shemitah and the Yovel, or what is one of the effects of the Shemitah and the Yovel? Well, it's, it's to have people have freedom to do what they want, but at the same time to, to allow or to ensure that there's no too, not too big of an increase in inequality, right? So the goal is to have freedom and equality at the same time so that, you know, you can get rich, but you don't get too rich and you can get poor, but you can't get too poor. And that means that, you know, it'll help for a functioning society. And it's the age-old issue of, you know, we've had left-wing economies in which they went to more socialism and communism, which those failed. And you have right-wing economies in which there's pure capitalism, in which there's huge discrepancies in wealth. And that's not fair. So the Torah, in its brilliance, is offering a, 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 a middle road in which you solve for the capitalism or the free market, and you solve for the equality issue, and everybody is happy. Like the great jubilee they talk about. So in the two what two thousand four, two thousand, there was once a uh, like a, a world uh, push for for the universal forgiveness of everything of debt. Of all debt. So there was like a like a push, and they called it the great jubilee. Great jubilee. Even though I think again, as you said, the shemitah of money is actually on is on uh, shemitah. Isn't the, isn't the, the jubilee jubilee Yovel or Shemitah? <laughs> wow, jubilee is Yovel. So maybe they, they didn't. In think. real estate, they would love that. Right in real estate. <laughs> I, okay, so no, it would it would be mayhem. It's not it's not really a feasible thing to do because you know can't just ask everybody to not Basically get the money all the back. money in your bank account is also kind of going to vanish from the bank yeah, account. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a it's a dumb expectation. But, but, you know, there are always people who can dream. Okay, so what, do you, what does everybody think of this, uh, of this idea? The Great Jubilee? No, <laughs> of, of Rabbi Sachs' concept, Rabbi Sachs' idea. You take the middle, always the middle is the best way to go. There is so no doubt. He, I, have a, I have an issue with it, actually. I don't know if it's, if it's so simple. Um, because what's the problem with inequality? Inequality means that uh, you cannot become better. It doesn't give a chance. People. Well, that's get not lazy. what we're saying. We're not. That's not what we're saying. No, we're saying. Uh, what you said yesterday was very interesting. I want you to say it again. Uh, you said, whenever you have inequality, it no. causes the collapse of society. No, 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 because in, even in Mashadis we had it. Like the guy had a no care. Okay, no care. Can we speak English? Because he wants to get married. Okay. So get borrows from the boss, okay? Okay. Borrows and borrows and borrows and borrows. At some point, the worker see whatever he works, he has to pay interest. So he stops working. So the, the boss is, <laughs> is in trouble. 
So the boss says, in Mashadi, he says, listen, Abbas, from now on, you don't owe me anything. That's my gift to your daughter's wedding, okay? So from now on, he's happy and he's working again. The, the boss is always the boss. The worker is always the worker. Now the worker just works for free. But now worker is start working again. Because if, if you don't uh, forgive him, forgive the dad, stops working and both die. Because that's that's holding on to inequality. That's not. No, yeah, I, I don't that's know. In the middle. He's saying that, that that that's what basically what the Torah is doing with forgiveness of debt. It allows people to continue working because if a person builds up too much debt, they'll give up. But if they have a chance to forgive their debt, then they won't give up. They'll con they'll continue, you know, pushing forward in life. The, the countries they did it too. They, they uh, forgive the debt of, let's say, Brazil at one time. They're getting ready to do it here too. I remember. Yeah. <laughs> student law. Because what they're gonna do? The guy owes money. He cannot pay. Right, but but there is, there is an inherent, there is a sin in borrowing and you can't repay. Meaning in that situation, I don't feel so bad for the worker because what are you borrowing money that you can't repay? Why would you be borrowing money that you can't repay? The daughter has to get married. The daughter could get married without a big party. No, you cannot. <laughs> what do you mean no, you cannot? In those, uh, it's, we cannot. have it also in our... You have to have something to give it to. It's, it's, India, it's all over. India is doing just fine with their yeah. inequality. So, so, so here's the first point I want to make on to Rabbi Sachs' point. Where do you see the biggest inequality in the world? India. India, India you see it in, I mean, I saw a lot of it and you see a lot in Morocco. You see it more, where is there more? Third, 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 third world countries. Third world countries. China, you see, Russia. You see more inequality in Russia, in China, in India. In America, people complain about inequality because everybody's rich. You know, it's, all, it's a lot of uh, entitled people that are complaining about inequality. But where the real inequality in which you have the people that are driving their, like uh, you say in India, the people that are driving their Bugattis on one thing, and then you have people, you know, in the, in the on slums. The same street, on the same street in the slums. People in the slums. So, so what's India's economy? Is it a socialist economy or is it a free market economy? Free market. Economy. No, no, India is actually a socialist economy. India is a very, very top-heavy economy. It's a very, uh, you, India's... It's actually one of the healthier economies... India, India, it's just a very big country, so like naturally national, they, they have, have no They have a sex system that doesn't allow the, the lower they have even, even to, to attempt to get better. What's, what's more of a free market economy, America or India? America. America, America right. So, is it exactly... Different states. Different states. Uh, it depends on the state. Yeah. Right? So, so India, for example, India, there is a lot more inequality. Because, for some reason... It seems like there are just a whole class of people on the bottom that have zero opportunity. Now in America, we have complete freedom. People who are very, very good at business, they're making tons of money. And now there's nothing stopping necessarily the people on the bottom to, to come up. from coming up other than their God-given talents of making money. And then there are people who don't care to make money, so okay, they don't want to make money. You know, Rabbi David Foreman did a whole thing on this. But he was saying if you take... If you take Uber wealthy people and you take regular Joes and you take poor people, strip them all of everything they have and throw them back into the mix. He was saying the Uber wealthy somehow They will make it back. Will get back to the top. It's it's kind of what Because because wealth is, is more of a you, you you become wealthy. Look, there are people who have trust funds and their their kids are wealthy because okay. But I'm saying in general, most of the wealthy people in the nineteen eighties are not the, the, the top 10 wealthiest people in the 19, 1980 are not the same ones the top 10 that are today. No. 
It's all different. Totally not. Every generation, it's, it's a completely new pe- set of people like get new rich. New businesses, new way of doing business. Meaning, meaning, so the first problem I have with Rabbi Sachs' thing is that do we really have inequality in America? Because if every generation, there is a churn in which the people from the bottom go to the top, you know, 10 tech b- people from the bottom sell their companies for a few billion dollars and go to the top. And then you have some old money people who they have 40 kids and 40 descendants and the money gets split and then not everybody's so rich anymore. And you have churn like that. Inequality is a problem when you have like in India where you have a caste system in which this group is forever on the bottom and then this group is forever on the top and there's no way to really think. But if you just have this cycle in which there's people coming from the bottom to the top and then people going... So... Although the, the corners, the top wealthiest and the poorest are going further and further in America, but there's nothing stopping the people from the poor side to, from going on that side. Yeah, and there's nothing stopping the, the people from the rich side, by the way, which happens a lot, the rich side goes to the poor side. So, so how much is it a problem that the, that the extremes are getting wider when anyways I could go to that extreme if I work hard? The problem lies not in the fact that there is inequality. The problem lies in the fact that there's no way to, to broach that inequality. There's no way to go across it and to, cro- and to cross over to whatever side I want to be on. So I don't see inequality in and of itself is not the problem. The problem is whenever it's stuck. You see? The problem is whenever it's stuck. And typically it's stuck in very top-heavy regimes in which there's very, a lot of bureaucracy and a lot of, a lot of things that the people in power put in place so that the poor people stay poor. But if the people in power aren't putting any systems in place that force the poor people to stay poor, they're going to get up there eventually. Then, then, then every generation, then every generation there's going to be churn. I think they have hope. Now why am I saying this? Now why, why, am, I giving, why am I giving an economics lesson? Well, why am I giving... Look at certain Arab countries that have a king and the wealth is only divided between the princes, and, and they have all the important, yeah, and uh, no, important I'm, I'm, positions. I'm explaining to you why I'm, I'm even addressing this is because this is what Rabbi Sachs thinks or says is one of the purposes of what the Torah is doing, and I'm saying I'm not so sure that the Torah is completely concerned with the problem of inequality. I think the problem may be concerned with the problem of people with power, power abusing the power and keeping the people on the bottom. So it's a, it's a semantic thing that I'm, I'm trying to correct Mechila Mikvodo, trying to correct him on or, or trying to maybe disagree with him on. Um, but it's important because the Torah is, is a brilliant book and we have to use, we have to use our rationality to, to somehow fill in the blanks of what we're missing. Meaning we can't make a claim that the Torah is saying something when the claim is lacking substance. You know, so equality in and of itself, I don't think is an issue. Now, here's another thing. Here's another thing. America's inequality. Yes, inequality is growing. However, do you know what they say? Even Rabbi Sachs wrote this. He said, from 1980 to 2000 or 2010, the top 10% became 300% richer. And the bottom 10% only became 10% richer. So that's inequality. That's a problem, right? Now, how do they measure? First of all, I have two problems. Do they calculate that collectively? I, I don't know how they calculated yeah. these. All percentages are a thing, but but okay. So the top ten percent became much richer, and then the people in the bottom became moderately richer. My first problem is that are the people in the bottom becoming poor? You just said they're becoming richer. So they're still. They're, so they're still, they're still meaning they're still opportunity. They're still growing, <clears throat> meaning meaning if I make two hundred dollars, should I be 
should I say that there is a problem with my life because somebody else made 20 million? Depends how you live it. Meaning, you meaning if, if, I, if my income went up $200, let's say oh, there's no inflation, right? If my income went up $200 a month, should I say that there is a problem in the economy because the guy next to me, his income went up $4,000 a month? Meaning, as long as the bottom people are growing, then the system is growing. Then that means the system is good. If and on the top of that, gets richer, the, the bottom gets benefit. Don't yes, that's what I'm trying to say. Showers, when the richer gets shower, richer, when the richer he eats only one bone food and he sleeps in half of it. Better. Right. Yeah, it doesn't the rest change. of the thing goes. Uh, right. So here and and here's another thing. All of these things are measured in terms of money. They're being measured in money. Right. Now, what about in terms of goods? Now. The person on the bottom, his money only went up 10%. But what about... His lifestyle. His lifestyle. Well, in the 1980s, the poor people didn't, couldn't afford a TV. Now they could afford a TV. They couldn't afford a washer dryer. Now they afford a washer dryer. Yeah. They couldn't afford a car. Now they could afford a car. They couldn't afford all these things. Now they could afford all of these things. They're still only 10% richer in terms of money. But in terms of lifestyle, American, the American lifestyle of the poorest poor, of poor, is much better than the people in India living yeah, in the slums. Yeah. Because, because so, they, so they can buy anything and pay there's another, So another problem with seeing okay. inequality as an issue is whenever you measure inequality only in terms of dollars, but you don't measure inequality in terms of, hold on, I may be a lot less wealthy than the top 1%, but over the past 30 years, everything has become automa- automated. Everything I have, I want is at my fingertips. With a $60,000 a year salary, I can literally buy food and have it delivered to my home on my phone every, every day. So am I poor or am I poor in dollars but wealthier in terms of goods? So um, all this to say that on Sunday, I want to go into maybe what's the real purpose of the Shemitah, which Jackham always talks about. I don't think it's good to bring in all of these like uh, these progressive sounding economic things like we have to solve for inequality. Solving for inequality is much more complex than what you think because inequality isn't, this isn't necessarily a bad thing and when you measure it in money, it's typically a skewed, uh, you're typically not conveying a, a thing properly. And it seems like, you know, when you try to solve inequality like they do in India and in these ways, you probably make it worse. When you're top heavy, make it worse. When you give people freedom, you typically solve it a little bit better. So... Um, so we'll see Bazarsham on Sunday. We'll address uh, more about Parshat you know, Bihar and some of the ideas. I was a politician in India two years ago. And I got him like, why haven't you guys addressed this? Like, there's so much wealth in India. Why are there people living in the streets like this? He said, over the course of the last like 70, 80 years, he said, on multiple occasions, they cleaned up these slums and handed official deeds to these families. Here's an apartment for you in this building. Here's an apartment for you in this building. He said, all of them within one month to one year sold their apartments put it into gold went back onto the streets if you go into the slums over there all the poor people so the, from here to here they're all in gold they're in slums they live on the streets they're huh. used to it but they're covered they're used no, to it they're that, used he, said, he said like they could understand like, kitchen they, toilet they like, used, it just, they used to wow. they used to <laughs>